Like Scoob. This podcast is pretty groovy. Like, Raggy. Aw, thanks, Shaggy. Thanks, Scooby. Welcome in, everyone, across the, cyber, the cyberspace. I hope that you're all having a marvelous day wherever you're listening to this, wherever and whenever. Today, it's kind of like a detox from our last episode. It was a little bit scarier. We're, today, we're actually going to be talking about some movies that I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people listening to this have seen. I know I've seen them probably enough times to ca- account for everybody. I'm sure Alex has seen them quite a few times as well. We're going to be talking about the 90s and early two th- late 90s, early 2000s, direct-to-DVD, and a few VHS. I think I actually had one of them on VHS. Uh, Scooby-Doo movies, those being in order, Zombie Island, uh, which is Ghost, uh, Alien Invaders, and then finally Cyber Chase. Every time I think of Cyber Chase, I think of the PBS Cy- show. Oh, yeah. Th- We're yes. beating Hacker so, at no, his no, game. No, no, no. I didn't. One. That was an indication that I could sing along. That was an indication that I remember the many times I'd seen it, clicked on it, thinking it was Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase There's when I was younger, and I was like, this is Gilbert not... Gilbert Godfrey was the, uh, the bird, and Christopher Lloyd was the... Hacker. I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that. I learned a lot of math from there. Clearly Obviously, it did. didn't work too well for uh, me. But. Evidently, it didn't work very well for either of us. Law and justice and journalism, excuse me, are our path, so clearly. Well, before no we get into all the us. Scooby-Doo talk. Yes, of course. As we'll always. go over some movie news. And quite a bit this week, as this weekend, uh, DC Fandom, which is like sort of like E3 and Disney's like, uh, it's, like it's called like the Disney Showcase or whatever, which are basically where... The production companies go out in like a, uh, what's the word like a like a Press Carnegie conference. Hall essentially okay. type setting, and they just announce. I, I was losing. I couldn't find the word like Comic Con type area where they just announce a bunch of stuff about upcoming, uh, upcoming movies, TV shows, games, the whole thing. So, to begin, Davis, the Batman directed by Matt Reeves, starring Rob Bat Battinson as Rob the Bat Batman. Batten Bat. Yes, that that too. I forgot it was the the last Bat at the end, uh, starring. Robert Pattinson and Andy Serkis, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell, just to name a few, released its second trailer. Davis, what did you think? I quite enjoyed it. It looks like it's going to be a lot darker. I mean, like, that's kind of the whole thing. But I've also heard that Robert Pattinson is going to be in the Batsuit for like 80% of the movie because, quote, this Batman doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne, Mm. basically, which is interesting. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I like the costume a lot. The car, I'm kind of iffy on. The Batmobile, I think it's. I'm, I'm going to end up enjoying it. It's, it's a little different than what we're used to. Everybody thinks of the Tumblr or the Keaton car, most people do. I think I think this Batmobile at least functions as a bit of an homage to the Batmobile of the Adam West era while sort of combining the Tumblr era because I think there's there's a fine sort of, there's a clear line or at least a fine line between, you know, all the Batmobiles as, you know, Nolan was very technical. And, like, that whole Batman series was very technical and very, honestly, like, militaristic in terms of his approach. Whereas, you know, you've got the campiness of Tim Burton and the, oh, it's just a really fast car of Adam West. I think this sort of combines the looks like a normal car but also is going to run through some things, as we saw in the trailer. I will say, though, I had forgotten that Andy Serkis was cast as Alfred, and I'm very excited. I know you I know you I like love Andy Serkis. And this is Matt Reeves, uh, director of the Planet of the Apes trilogy, sort of, you know, doing the star the star character of Caesar, played by Andy Serkis, a favor by, not necessarily a favor, but uh, again, clearly they have a connection in terms of casting and working together. And I think he'll be great. He's been great before, and I really think that I look forward to that part about it. Also... Um, I really like the approach that it's going with because, at least in my opinion, based on how the trailer appeared, um, I would say 
It looks like the way it's going to go is Paul Dano's Riddler will be arrested towards the start of the film, and then the rest of the movie will be him tormenting the city of Gotham from a prison cell. That's a common sort of dumb thing with a villain locked away. What do you think about that approach, if that is correct, of course? I'm just excited to see the Riddler. I've heard this is going to be kind of based off the long Halloween story, which I'm not super familiar with. I'm not either. I've never read it. Yeah, I've heard how how legendary it is. I'm just excited to see this movie overall. I don't like to. This is a movie I'm not gonna do too much reading up on before I yeah. see it. Like the new Spider No Way Home, I'm gonna be looking at all the leaks and stuff. Davis has already mentioned many of the leaks to my detriment, honestly. But uh, you know, I'm ex- really excited for that. But I want to go into the. I really do like Batman. Obviously, played the Arkham games as a kid. That's probably where a lot of people kind of got a big introduction to Batman. Obviously, the Christian Bale movies, which I didn't really watch as a kid. Mm. But you know, uh, I'm excited. I like Robert Pattinson. It looks it looks dark, gritty, real. The suit looks fun. great. I like I love the suit. I, I think- like the Catwoman and Batman dynamic already teased, seeming very comic accurate by comparison to what we've seen in the movie so far. I, I liked say. the I liked the voice Robert Pattinson had. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't too. Where are they? Some people were critical of it. I, for one, I think there's a lot to be to be taken into the fact that this is year one Batman. As far as um, most of the rumors go, we don't know, right? We haven't seen the movie officially, and we don't like nobody really knows what it's going to be until the movie comes out. But this is Batman at the start of his uh, sort of career, so it's fine if not everything's very refined. It traditionally isn't. I mean. Not everything can be immediately jumping in as the Dark Knight, and which was like him at his pinnacle of it. But this is this is at the beginning. So I mean, and again, the voice. A lot of people are super critical of the voice. Like I don't really care about that that much. People cared way too much when Christian Bale put in a lot of effort into it to make it very different. And then ever, since then, everyone's like, "Oh, we got to care." But in reality, like. If it sounds different, if he does the voice modulator thing, like from uh, I like Batman that. vs Superman, which I liked as an idea, go ahead. I also am really excited for to see Colin Farrell as the Penguin in like full makeup. It is unbelievable the job they've done making him look completely unrecognizable. And there was a scene where he was like, "Well, Batman, chill out. You're going a little too crazy." Yeah, that was funny. I, I think I, I like the fact that it's looking more like the mobster Penguin than the Danny DeVito, goofy. Danny DeVito, or the Adam West era Penguin, like. I like, and this is sort of incorporating a lot of what the show Gotham did where he waddled like a penguin, but that was the only thing that made him like that. Everything else was he was a mob boss, and I think I like that because that's that's sort of realistically how a lot of Batman villains would translate to, you know, Bane would probably be the brute of some sort of mobster more like than chemically enhanced beast or whatever. I would like to see a chemically enhanced beast no, live I, action, not like a... Like a Bigger one than uh, Tom Hardy. I certainly would too. I, I I just know that it's kind of dicey on in terms of presentation, and I think it fits with a lot of universes to go with the more mobster esque approach. And you mentioned Spider Man, Davis. Why don't you talk about that rumor that you uh, told me earlier involving this upcoming Spider Man? Is it No Way Home? Right. Yes. Yes. Well, the thing is, it's from an Instagram page. Ah. So I'm not gonna put too much stock into yeah. it. But it's basically what I've been saying for a while that the rumor from their insider, quote unquote, they gave a name for him and everything, but. I mean, like, he could just be making it up for all I know. But he basically said Sony would consider making a Spider-Man 4 and Amazing Spider-Man 3, depending on how No Way Home does. Interesting, interesting. Which I've been saying that they could do from the jump. I just want to throw that one out there. I could be an insider. Uh, Davis basically is the insider on the Spider-Man movies. Interesting. I I wonder. I don't know if they will. Then again, Sony is sort of limping their way to a Spider-Man universe with Venom and everything like that. So I feel like they need to inject some sort of energy with it. The problem is, 
can you get Sam Raimi? Because Sam Raimi's just doing Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Maybe tied up with the MCU, as far as I know. Uh, difficult to say, though. Also, moving on to other news, as we're looking. Ah, yes. A lot of movies were announced. The Black Adam first look with The Rock playing Black Adam. What do you think about that? I was a big fan of Shazam 1, and there's obviously the Shazam 2 teaser. Which, which we'll is, talk about in a second. Not too much with that one. Uh, Black Adam looks cool. I'm interested to see how it's going to go. Is the movie, Black Adam movie, coming out before the Shazam, before he shows up in Shazam? I don't think so. I don't, okay. I, I, well, before he shows up in Shazam, yeah. yes, he okay. should be. I, I, I have a theory that he's going to show up at the end of Shazam 2. And then they're going to release Black Adam actually after that. Maybe. I don't know. I'm excited for it. I'm just wondering how you make a villain solo movie. Because he's a bad guy. I don't really know much about Black Adam. He, he's a bad dude. Now he like he has the place of Kondok, which is like his like uh, place that he lives and often tries to protect. But it's also the place that he rules by dictatorship, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. So there's that. Interesting. Um, he's not a good dude. Like at all. Now... If they, I, I, that's the thing is, I just, I, I don't want him to be like an anti-hero type thing, like, like you know, the guys in the trailer, like I couldn't tell if they were good guys or bad guys, like that were shooting at him. So like, I really don't want it to be this sort of, oh, he's kind of in the middle. Like, no, just make him a bad guy. First of all, because the Rock playing a bad guy would be refreshing, all things considered, the fact that he doesn't do that. And two, I think the DC movies in general need some good villains, in my opinion. And then moving on to Shazam. I was not as I was not as hyped about this trailer as I thought I'd be. I just did not find myself enjoying. It's the barely first, a trailer. It's just I, them yeah. talking about things and then it shows a clip. I did not find myself enjoying the first movie as much as I thought I would. To be honest, it, I really, it, just, I really it didn't click. I really, I really was thinking it would have, but it just there was something. I don't know what it was. Maybe I need to rewatch. I've only watched I think one and a half times at this point, so I'll, I'll probably give it a rewatch soon. But what did you think of it, Davis? Uh, the trailer, or the movie, just the the trailer of this of the second movie, Fury uh, of the Gods. I, I mean, like it wasn't it wasn't really enough to get me excited about anything. I really like the first Shazam, but I'm not dying to see the second one. Uh, Shazam's a cool character. I think they put him into the on the silver screen pretty well. And at the end, obviously, the Shazam family showed up. So yeah, I mean, not really much to say about it for me because it's barely a trailer to me. That's fair. That's fair. And then moving on to another thing that was barely a trailer. But sort of had a trailer in it. The Flash showed a sneak peek. I'm excited for that. I tried to be excited about it, but I, I'm excited for Michael Keaton's Batman to return because I like Michael Keaton. I feel like he's also had sort of a renaissance of sorts mm-hmm. in the past few years. We had a movie called Birdman. Yeah, exactly. And about then the, yeah, it's a parallel. I about to say it, it very, very much was. Yeah, definitely. That that I've not seen that yet. I I, I need to. I need to. It's about a washed up actor who used to play a superhero. Shockingly, Michael mm-hmm. Keaton plays the star character. Um. But with this movie, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm kind of upset that they went about changing so many things about the Flash from the Justice League, because this, this is where the DC gets themselves in trouble. Because you're okay to change the Flash, because nobody came out of the the Josh Whedon cut of the Justice League thinking, oh yes, the Flash is the star and really a great character. And then you watch the Snyder cut, and he is the star of the movie. He's the main character in that movie. And not to mention, why change the Blue Lightning? Like I get it, it's comic accurate or whatever to go to red, to go to orange lightning and the red sort of cloth suit. But I just I don't know. I really I really found myself liking the Flash character from the Snyder cut and was very disappointed to find out that he wasn't that anymore. Essentially, is it, how is he not going to be it? He's just if he's just I mean, wearing a different costume. He gets I, I don't. To be the I don't. Character. I, it was more. It was also more about the appearance and the appearance being unique because this just looks like the CW Flash with a budget increase. 
I'll I'll have to see the movie first. But I my That's biggest true. issue with that is that they're going right into Flashpoint instead of maybe fighting someone else yeah. before they go straight to Flashpoint. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and there's three flashes at least. Um yeah. That'd be kind of cool to maybe make the seat in Christ on Infinite Earth or whatever. But cool. They uh, Jim Lee teased it actually at DC Fandom a bit. So we're, we're if they have the the seeing... old Flash with like the 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 fe- the feather the the wings on his helmet. Yes, yes, the little lightning bolt wings. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. This just this to me represents a huge problem with DC and with the way Warner Brothers has handled is because they're so reactionary to everything. Like you know they they do Man of Steel, and. Then they're like, all right, we're at least going to stick with Zack Snyder till he does Batman vs. Superman. Then the second they do Batman vs. Superman, they don't even give Batman vs. Superman enough time before immediately ordering different cuts of Suicide Squad to be made. It has to be funnier. Yes, play a bunch of upbeat rock music in the trailers to totally give a completely different vibe than what the actual movie is, then change the tone of the movie within the movie. And then, you know, they may, then they're thinking, oh, man... People hated Batman vs Superman. We we can't just let Zack Snyder recover from the emotional trauma of his daughter committing suicide. We'll just finish the movie with a completely different director, which was their out, by the way. I'm, we didn't. I don't think we talked about it enough, as that was clearly them using that as an out. They didn't want Zack Snyder there. I don't think, in my opinion, they didn't want him directing the movie at least. And then it can be, he, he, he has to take time away, and they're like, oh, well, our hands are tied, so they go and make that. And then because everybody hates that movie, they react again further, changing up. Things such as Henry Cavill has just vanished off the face of the earth as Superman, despite the fact that I think he's probably the best one that I've seen so far of the live action, right? Then, and not to mention Superman is a perfect character to face off with Black Adam, and we don't even know if we have a Superman in in DC right now. Fundamentally, got to change the Flash character. Uh, Cyborg gets no movie whatsoever because, again, he was not liked uh, coming out of Justice League, and apparently he had controversy with Joss Whedon. Hmm. Let's side with that director because we're going to have him do Batgirl. Great idea. And now everything's in shambles where there's no direction. Flashpoint could have been biblical if they had built up the universe for 10 years. Really. I mean, it, it, could, have, it could have been what Civil War, I think, wanted to be. And tried. And that, that's, those movies are not comparable by the fact that one is a time travel, the other is, of course, just a plot within the villains or the heroes fighting each other. But the comparative point is getting all your heroes together for something that's not not what you standardly see, especially with a flashpoint. It would have changed the game. But instead, they rushed into everything, and now... Because they've been playing catch-up to Marvel since... And they're reactionary. They're they're trying to catch up to another universe while also simultaneously reacting too quickly to everything. Like, imagine if... Imagine if Marvel was like, you know what? People don't really like Thor. I think we need to recast Chris Hemsworth. Because you very easily could have done that, because... Oh my goodness, was he despised the first two movies. Dark World is one of the worst movies I've seen in recent memory, to be honest. I hate that movie. And like, well, what did Marvel do? They stuck with it. They hired a new director, which you can, you can do that every once in a while, rather than just completely throwing entire projects to the side, which is what DC has done. And then it's worked out in their favor, because Thor came out of at least Avengers Infinity War red hot. Endgame killed all of his momentum in about five seconds. Yeah, but... It worked, and that character is still certainly salvageable is the word I would use. The thing is, with DC, they have the potential with character-wise, story-wise, villains, just plot lines and all that. They have to be better than the MCU, but they've really, I think at least, but they've really fumbled it. Exactly. Because I, I think overall, like I love, Spider-Man's my favorite character, 
but I think overall DC has better like better more mature stories, more interesting stories a lot of the time, uh better characters, better villains a lot of the time. I'd even say But not not obviously there's both have great ones. I mean, again, if you build up if you build up the Flashpoint and build up Crescent Infinite Earths, what are the odds you can get Christian Bale to do a five minute cameo as his Batman? But now you're wasting Flashpoint with Michael Keaton because, not not to say waste because I'm excited to see Michael Keaton back, but that's all. Well, I think it's similar to you remember how Fox with X Men they're really just they they were kind of sim- similar. They just like something went wrong. They're like, okay, let's just restart it. We're gonna timelines insane. You have no idea what's happening. And then they did Days of Future Past, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I love Days of Future Past. But they, they, I think they should have had one more movie. And the writer of Days of Future Past wanted to do that as well, have like at least one or two more movies before Days of Future Past to kind of set up the characters instead of going right into the biggest X-Men story yeah. there is. which was an amazing movie. I really hope we can review that one one of these days because I've not seen it in a while and I love that movie. But you're right. You're completely right. And I think I think it's, just, it's a bit ridiculous, to be honest, because I just... I mean, like... The Flashpoint Paradox is the animated film that's on HBO Max, I believe. I yes, um, love it. I've seen it so many times. Like, what makes that movie so amazing is the fact that there's so many characters. So many. And it's in a universe of animated movies that has been going on. Exactly. Very robust. It's not just, oh, here's Thomas. It's, it's not, here's Batman. And that's it. That, like, that... Like that's what that's what essentially this Flash movie is turning into, unless there's some sword, su- su- sword, sudden out of left field, you know, characters. You see a bloody cow. Well, yeah, but I, that's probably just gonna be a flashback, to be honest. Mm. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but yeah, that just that's where where it's very unfortunate for me. Okay, and what if Michael Keaton is Thomas Wayne and then Christian Bale's his son? Would you be happy about that? I doubt that's not gonna happen. Uh, like, I'm just gonna to say to that quote, to quote the meme: "Shut up and take my money." That'd be cool. Because that that would be awesome, but the problem is it's not that. You, I mean, like, yeah, it probably won't happen. There's just no. I I wish it were. That'd be really cool. But the reality is, the potential has been wasted. The thing is with Flash, they're not really even doing Flashpoint. They just kind of because Flashpoint didn't have multiple flashes. Yeah, they're just kind of doing. They're just kind of doing the the whatever. broad strokes. He saves his mom, changes time. He has to get his. I'm guessing he has to get his powers back. Oh yeah, certainly. That, I, but I'm not sure. In Flashpoint, he just. He is the Barry Allen of that universe, but he just doesn't have any powers. Yeah. But he still has the ring. Yeah, exactly. Somehow. It's it's, it's confusing. I assume it was just because, I don't know. Uh, I'm not, we can talk about the movie we another time. We can talk about that movie another time we review it. Um, moving on to our la- our last two bits of news. Uh, Peacemaker trailer. Davis, Peacemaker, one of, I think, was one of the more popular, not popular, but one of the hottest characters coming out of the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, starring, or not, starring John Cena as Peacemaker, directed by James Gunn. He Looks dies, fun. but then the cliffhanger reveals that he is alive, and now this TV show is picking up from it. What do you think about the trailer? Looks fun. I mean, that's what, really all I got for it. I agree. Just I, shows some fun clips, fighting, personality moments. Looks fun. I like the introduction of the character, the vigilante. Uh, I he was he once showed up in the Arrowverse before when I watched that show, and I, I think that's going to be uh, again. This is James Gunn taking lesser known characters and giving them the spotlight. I like that. That's what you do when you have a giant library of characters, as opposed to what traditionally goes down with most of these uh, comic book movies. They focus on the same four guys. This is quite the opposite. I thought it looked good. I really do. I think it's going to be a fun TV show. TV show, excuse me. And I wonder, though, again, he's a, he's a bad guy. Like, so I wonder what they're going to... Are they going to make us do the... Hmm? Are they going to do the, the, the approach like the show uh, on Netflix, You, where you don't know... If, 
why why do we feel bad for this guy or whatever? That's because I haven't seen that show. But that's what everyone says at least. I he's a my serial roommate. killer. Yeah, but apparently apparently you feel bad. For apparently him. they they made they they make him oddly sympathetic. I'm I don't just know. saying Dexter did it first. That's true. Dexter also Dexter. coming back. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, I remember we, we talked about that. A few I'm episodes, really interested how they're gonna do that. I never yeah. did finish. I was on like the last season. I just never finished. Well, I watched a bunch of Watch Mojo. This is the worst season finales ever episodes, and uh, Dexter's on pretty much every single series finale uh, list. Series or season? Oh, sorry, excuse me. Series finale list as one of the worst. How does ones. it end? Um, I don't want to spoil it. I'll look it up and not. Say actually, it no. Okay, I, actually, all right. We'll say it now. Spoiler alert for Dexter. If you are. Not wanting to watch Dexter and you not want to hear spoilers, it's now is the time two to out skip of five on Yeah, that. so the ending to Dexter Davis is that apparently he just uh, he just drives off in a boat and just dies in what? like a storm. Apparently it's very anticlimactic. He just drives off in a boat like into a hurricane and dies. That's how that's how house ends. Yeah. Kinda. He drives off on the motorcycle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But that was during his house is like dying actively of a disease at that time, I think. That does suck. Yeah, exactly. But he didn't die. Yeah, apparently he didn't, which changes everything, I guess. Uh, and lastly, Davis, last bit of news before we go on to the Scoobert Dubert movies. Um, a story was out a few days ago that Michael Caine had retired. Michael Caine, 88 years old, with hundreds of film credits and a couple Oscar nominations, if I'm not mistaken, in every Nolan movie ever, it seems like. The rumor was they retired, and he tweets... He tweeted, I'm quote, not retired. I'm not retiring, and not a lot of people know that. Boom. So, yeah, because I figured he wasn't going to retire until Nolan did Oppenheimer. Because he was gonna, Also, Killian Murphy has been casted as Christopher yep. Nolan's uh, Oppenheimer in the movie Oppenheimer. I'm very excited. So very excited. We were talking about that with my roommates a few days ago. But yeah, so Michael Caine, not retired. He's probably still going to stick around to be in another Nolan movie. I feel like that's... Oh, what if he played... No, he can't play Harry Truman. He has a British accent. Yeah, and he and Sir Michael Caine's not really known for masking his British accent in roles. What if he's Winston Churchill? I think he might be a little too old for that. Winston Churchill is pretty old. Not not ninety. Well, yeah, but I mean, a little makeup here. He'll be in there. He'll, he'll, be, there. he'll be like he'll he'll be Sebastian Churchill as dad. He'll, he'll be he'll be uh, he'll be Sir Crosby Michael. That's what it'll be. <laughs> That's change, change it up a bit. Change it up a bit. Um, any other Does news? Does he still he- have cancer? I, I thought he had. Didn't I didn't he, think he had cancer. Did he have cancer? I think he did it. I don't. Know. Now, now I got to stop and Google Michael Caine cancer. Look at what you do, Davis. He said, "This is from the Express." I'm not really. Whoa. My days are numbered. The stars drastic changes to avo- avoid cancer. Whoa. Well, okay. Those are all stories republished from a March 21st, 2017 story where he says, "Quote: My days are number numbered." Okay. So, so what? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yes, I accept the cookies. Hold up. Um, career spanning 60 years. He's 88 years old. I think he's just talking about how he's being more healthy so he doesn't get sick. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, any last big news, Davis, before we move on into the Scooby-Doo 4 movies? I don't really have any, unless you have some. I, I do not have any. So moving on, this is what we're here to talk about. This is the main event of the morning Afternoon or evening, whichever time you listen to it, even midnight, if 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 it be that way. The four Scooby Doo movies released in the ni- late nineties and early two thousands. I grew up on all these, specifically uh, Cyber Chase. We'll get to that. How about we go in order? And yes. I don't think going plot point by plot point is necessary, but I think we can certainly um, just talk about our favorite moments from each of these films in order because they are not chronological, but you can see the changes in these movies over the course of the four 
movie story because, they, again, they're not connected, but you can see how they adapted and adjusted things based on how each movie went, starting off with Zombie Island. And Davis? I'll take the lead on this one for you. Go ahead. So Zombie Island came out in 1998, and it was after a four-year hiatus of making movies, the last one being Scooby-Doo in Arabian Nights, which I've never heard of that one. I've never seen that one. And the two before that you might have seen, I've seen them both, Reluctant Werewolf and Ghoul School. I don't think I've seen either of those. I think it's what? important It's important to mention that Hanna-Barbera, the uh, production company for Scooby-Doo, was kind of struggling at this point. Their, their, their franchises of the Flintstones and many others had been discovered to become a bit formulaic to the point where the studio was kind of on the outs in terms of animation because a lot of other studios were catching up. Nickelodeon, among others, Cartoon Network were starting to produce their own stuff and would later produce a bunch more. Hanna-Barbera was kind of struggling they in weren't the animation. Known, they weren't known for being innovative. They, exactly. they were known for making cheap animation really quickly. Back in the 60s and 70s, they were They mass-produced it. Yeah, and they, they all their shows, you can definitely see the similarities. Mystery fighting. Like there's uh, the one with Captain Caveman, uh, the Dune Buggy, uh... The ghost. Oh, what's his name? Do you know? I do not actually. You I, don't. I'm not familiar with what you're talking about, to be honest. Well, anyways, Scooby Doo was obviously probably their most popular one because that's the one everybody remembers. You obviously don't <laughs> know the one with the ghost. Oh, what is his name? Well, uh, talk for a second while I find it. So, and with, with that in mind, this these movies sort of function as a revitalization of the Scooby-Doo franchise and a modernization of the Scooby-Doo franchise. And I'll talk about that with the very first thing I enjoy about it is that Zombie Island opens with the crew in the middle of one of its mysteries in their OG attires, which is what I really liked because my biggest memory of these was the fact that they all got a facelift, The Funky Phantom. The Funky Phantom, okay. And that, that was one of the shows that basically followed the same format as Scooby-Doo. Yep. It was the all, Colonial they, Phantom. They all they all followed the same format and was where Hanna Barbera became more formulaic by comparison to other animation studios in the late in the nineties and in the early two thousands. Again, everybody else was catching up and they were pretty much stagnant. But I loved the opening with the OG attire because again I remember that they all got a facelift, but I was like, I don't remember them looking like this. And then that's what sets this movie apart is the fact that this movie's aware of itself and aware of, in part at least the criticisms of Scooby-Doo and the franchise as a whole because in this opening, it opens with a mystery where they find that it's out just, oh, it's a guy in a mask again. And then it cuts to Daphne two years later on her own talk show talking about how she got out of the game and the gang split up because they were just tired of finding the same old dudes in the same old costumes week after week. And they were like, that was a direct, direct address to the main criticism of this show. And I thought that was one of my favorite things Additionally, though, Zombie Island also functions as a main address to that because Daphne, throughout the original incarnation of the show, one of the biggest criticisms was the fact that Daphne was the most cardboard cutout of all the characters. The fact is she was the damsel in distress. And the live action movies, as we discussed, address this problem as well. But this show address, or these movies address it as well with the fact that Daphne is the open. She's sort of the star of the show to open this movie. And what what are your big takeaways from Zombie Island, Davis? Well, I just wanted a quick little bit more history. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Scooby-Doo, very popular. It was on its oh, yeah. eighth incarnation by the eighth? time. I, can, I have them right here. I'll read them all to you real quick. By the, but So they had eight incarnations ending with a pub named Scooby-Doo, which I used to watch as a kid, mm. reruns. I actually quite enjoyed it. And they had the character Red Herring that always, Fred was always like, this is 
it's it's him. He's the one doing it, but it was never him. Except okay, one that, episode where it was. Oh. Subversion. But uh before that there was the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo with which has thirteen episodes and they don't actually catch all the thirteen ghosts. That one is Scooby Shaggy and Daphne and then a kid. I can't remember his name. Uh the new Scooby and Scrappy Doo series show, Scooby and Scrappy Doo, Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo again. So there's three straight Scrappy-Doo shows at that time. That's when they were trying to spice up the formula a little bit because they wanted someone to – they needed a they needed a juxtaposition of Scooby and Shaggy's cowardice. And in that time, Shaggy, Velma, and Daphne were kind of – I mean, Fred, Velma, and Daphne weren't really in the picture there a lot. Mm. And before that, there was a Scooby-Doo show, the new Scooby-Doo movies, and the original Scooby-Doo Where Are You, which only went from 69 to 70, if you didn't know. Really? Yeah. That feels like the iconic one. Had two seasons. Yeah, but only had 25 episodes. Wow. If you really think about it. I really like that version of it, to be honest. Yeah, those are the classics. I can probably, if you put on any of the episodes, I can be like, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I remember a lot of the villains. I remember the the one that scared me the most was the um, the one in the big top, where it's the, where it's the clown that hypnotizes them, and then yes. he has to walk the tightrope. Yes, I remember that oh, one. Just, I didn't like that one. And but, also, I did not like the, uh, I don't think this was what's new Scooby-Doo, but the one with the... Abominable Snowman and the Electric Monster. The Electric hmm. Monster that you see in Monsters Unleashed, by the way. I do not remember that one, actually. Okay, uh, but that, enough about the history. I grew up watching Scooby-Doo, so I quite love Scooby-Doo. It was my show as a kid. I know a lot about it. But yeah, so Zombies Island, or Zombie Island, it was made in 1998. Released in 1998. After uh, That is seven years after a pub named Scooby-Doo and four years after Arabian Nights. And they were just, yeah, they really addressed the formulaic issues, and they out, actually outsourced the uh, animation to Japan. Yeah. So there's a debate to be had here. Is it an anime? Yeah, I, I did notice some similarities. You can, where, And I really like the animation as well. I did too. I really noticed some similarities in the way that they moved and a lot of facial expressions yes. as well. I was like, okay, this looks different than traditional American animation because the reality is the studios are very different, at least traditionally. Um and I, I I like the outsourcing though. I guess that may that that may be an indication of how Hanna Barbera was struggling at the time, or their need to update so they went elsewhere. I don't know. But what are some of your biggest uh, things that you enjoyed about this movie? So as a kid, this is the one I probably watched third most, if that makes sense. Which is Ghost being the one I watched least because it was the scariest, and my mom didn't like it. I did. I I, I do like this one now. Looking at it. Out of the four, it is the best movie-wise. Excuse me. If you ask me, it is like just standalone movie. You don't know who Scooby-Doo is. You just watch it. Yeah, it's the most enjoyable. I think this is the one that you can go into without knowing who Scooby-Doo is, which I feel like is pretty much impossible at this point. Yeah, he's impossible. One the, he's one of the one most of the iconic words. characters Definitely. ever. Definitely. Up there with Superman, maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. But yeah, uh, the music's good. The art is amazing. I love the art direction with it. Kind of like the matte painting, not the matte painting, the kind of like the painted backgrounds with the characters in it doing their thing. Uh, the story's good. I think this one has the best story. It's the most haunting. And it also doesn't really have one. The other three kind of spell out who it's going to be. Like it's not really a mystery when you're not a kid, which mm-hmm. I mean like you, we can debate or we can we could look at it through like the lens of it being a movie or just being a kid's movie. I lean towards kid's movie because like, as a kid, I watched this and it blew my mind. But watching it now, I'm like, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. But still, it's still enjoyable, so I don't really care. Like, Spirit, if you rewatch that, 
another great movie, animated movie, starring Matt Damon. I Indeed. feel like that's a movie where you can just it does you just watch it. Even if you watch it now, it'll be still still be good. I just want to give Spirit some love there, I really. Gotta give a shout out to Spirit. It's down to the Chimeran. Yeah, a couple of things I like about this. Uh the new rendition of Scooby Doo, Where Are You, which is consistent throughout each of the four movies. Each movie gets a new version of that iconic song. Love it. Also the music. It's Terror Time Again might be the it's best. Terror whoa, 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 Davis, we're not a music show now. Whoa, now. What I know that? all the songs. I, that that song is going on the hype mix when it's I good. get home because, oh, my goodness. Is, is it on Spotify? Uh, it's got to be, right? 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 You, you talk for a second. I'll investigate. Okay, you say, yeah. say what you like about the movie. I love that. Love the song. I love how haunting it is with uh, the, the oh, Lord. Found it. Davis found it already. I'm not gonna play it because I don't want. I don't want to get in trouble. Don't, don't be doing none of that. But it is. It is on Spotify. Awesome. I will get it when I get home. Uh, the fact that the uh, this one is the most. What's gonna happen? Also, it's the darkest. The pirate forcing all the uh, people into excuse the swamp. me settlers into the swamp to be eaten by alligators. What the heck? That's insane. Again, I like the facelift all the characters get. I particularly like how Daphne and Fred are two one different characters, and also just. Overall, they needed the most updating, I would say, because it would look very out of place in a '90s set. They got a wardrobe change. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that like that. That's what I mean. I mean by facelift. I mean like completely from character to wardrobe to just overall animation style. The whole the whole way. It's I I really enjoy that. Also like the consistent thing throughout the four movies, but in this one, the Daphne and Fred flirtation. That's what we're there for, right? This there. is the one where we, we knew that that had to happen. Uh, in which is. No, maybe not Witch's Ghost. In Cyber Chase and Alien Invaders, it's really... Alien Invaders, you don't really see it. That's that's more Shaggy's movie to have love. Oh my gosh, I can now... We'll get to that. that I absolutely adore yeah, that song. This movie is awesome. I really I really enjoy it. It's my favorite. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I bought, re- rewatch was needed, and I, we'll get to our rankings at the very end, I think. But yes. this one's my favorite as well. I mean, it's just... It's just the strongest of the four in terms of its story, in terms of the seriousness of it, in terms of the comedy. I think, uh, I first of all, I love the introduction of the of the Scooby going dog. Where that 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 joke so, yeah, is, is a good running consistently. Joke. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there there you go. Nah, I sound like Yoda on that one. I mean, <laughs> oh no no, no Scooby's actually in here. That wasn't me. My bad. No, that was definitely the actually that that was Yoda. But anyway, I I really like just like that part of it. Um, just overall, I thought every part of it was great. It's also, again, it's just darker, and it is a genuine mystery. I also like, again, it addresses from the start of the movie to the end, these aren't people in masks anymore. They're real zombies, legitimately, and it's real cat gods, which my, me realizing all of it, like, I, I wrote it, I was like, oh my gosh, they worship cats, that's why they have so many cats, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, I was just figuring it out as it went along. Um... One weak point is the exposition, and this is consistent through all four. The exposition is sort of explaining how things work is kind of weak. But this again, that that's like the only critique I would even have for this one. To be honest, it's a kids' movie. That if you have serious criticisms like about like in that area, come on now, it, it is a kids' movie. Let's remember that. And that was sort of the one thing, but along the rest of it, I just thought it was really, really good. Uh, Bo being a detective. Took me by complete surprise. And then also the crazy fisherman just being the crazy fisherman. Jacques. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? I can't remember his I name. Remember. But he's but, trying to catch the big fish. Yeah, he's trying to catch uh, Muna, yeah. I think. No, Mona. Mona, who is a, uh, a a big catfish. Yeah, this this movie, though, really, really good. Um, I Yeah, it's just, if you, if you like Scooby-Doo, I feel like you would very much like this movie and like how it is different compared to previous Scooby-Doo insta- in, installments and... 
really changes up a lot of the traditional Scooby-Doo format. Davis, anything else to add before we I move do on? have a few things, but first of all, I just want to say, I was just looking at the list of other movies here. I think we maybe could go through some of the other Scooby-Doo movies. Did you watch Scooby-Doo a lot as a kid, or is that just more? Not new? really. Okay, not really. then I'm not going to go through them. But you said you had seen this one as a kid. You watched this one as a kid. Yes. Uh, Alex is working on something over here. He's about to knock down a mouse while... But you know, uh, I've probably seen, if you go on Wikipedia, there's like the list of Scooby-Doo movies and I've seen the majority of them. Uh, a lot of them are really good. But I'd say this one overall, out of every Scooby-Doo movie made, is probably, I mean, no, it's not even probably, it is the best one, just movie-wise. Again, I haven't seen all them, so I don't know. I mean, I can, it is. I just trust that. me on that. I'll one. trust you on that one, though. They do have. They have a movie called Return to Zombie Island, by the way. If you were. Oh yes, I actually think I saw that one once. And I, it came out in 2019. Oh, maybe I. So maybe you probably I didn't. didn't. Oh, oops. But it, uh, I've heard it's okay. Kind of, I've never seen it. Kind of calls back a little bit, but it's not really the the same uh, environment, the same themes to it. But it's just kind of calling back. They're back at Zombie Island. I, I'm, I might watch it later. I'm going to be here a while at the studio, but... So, Alex, you said you used to watch these as a kid? Uh, some of them, but not not a lot. Not a lot of did them. Did you watch this one as a kid? Oh, th- these these four, yes. Yeah, I'm talking about these four. So, did you watch this one a good bit, a little bit? This one I probably watched the second most among the four. Okay, so, if you know me, you do. I'm sure people at, some people at home might. Possibly. My memory's not amazing. Yes. It, 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 it's something to behold. Once you get to know me. Perhaps a bit. Perhaps a bit. So, in in light of that, I have, for each movie, I've written down a section of what, from as a kid, do you remember most about each of these movies? Like, what parts stood out, and when you saw them again, you're like, I remember that exact scene, you knew it was going to happen, beat for beat, or whatever. Do you have any scenes in here, any any moments, any scenes, any songs? The any- voodoo dolls. Okay. In, in this in this one. And mm-hmm. Zombie On. That, that, I was like, wait a minute. I remember that one very vividly. I also remember. Um, I remember. I feel like I remember the food. I don't know why. I remember the food. This one doesn't have as much eating as the other ones. I mean, it has eating, but like not as eating so much that Scooby and Shaggy can barely walk. Yeah, yeah. No, that that it gets absurd. But the, yeah, I remember the voodoo dolls the most, and I remember the the gumbo for some reason. And those are probably the two biggest things I remember. And I remember Bo being suspect. Interesting. Yes. The things I remember the most from it were uh, Captain Moonscar riding go away or like leave ah, on the wall. Yeah. And then Velma getting the spatula and scratching it off. And then it's the and then it's the boat's side as the wall. Yeah. Remember that vividly? Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of things from this movie, but that I also wrote the the cat people. I mean, like that one's pretty obvious. Yeah. I didn't remember the setup for it as much. Like I obviously I remember the plot. I could probably explain it. I could have explained it to you before I saw it again recently. And uh, when the other thing I really remember is when Scooby and Shaggy fall into the hole, like the the gigantic pit that's there for some reason. It's not really explained. It's Scooby-Doo. I don't really care. And then Captain Moonscar's zombie comes out, and they have to get away, and then they run from the zombies, and then they run into Bo. Yes, I remember the pit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and also, obviously, remember Terror Time again. It's I mean, terror. it's iconic. So good. These so movies, these songs have these movies have really good songs, but I think Witch's Ghost, Segway, has the weakest songs of the four. I just remember hearing it. No, no. It was just one of them. I remember. Nope. It, okay, no. can I say my thing, please. Go ahead. 
it just sounded goofy. Like one of the one of the songs just sounded goofy, and I don't. It was not Alien Invaders because I know the songs from Alien Invaders, and the Cyber Chase songs. And it might have been Cyber Chase. No, it's got to be Cyber Chase. It was one. It was no. It was Cyber Chase when they were chasing the when they were chasing the virus with the the magnets, and it just was not very yep, good. Yep. Yeah, because it's the it's the uh. That's the Scooby Doo. Where are you? It's the worst one. Yeah, and he's like Scooby Doo. Yeah, I was watching Megan, and she's like, "Why does it sound like a nursery rhyme?" Because yeah, it does. It's it terrible. All right, moving on. Do you want to move on to the next movie? Unless you have anything else to say about uh, Zombie Island, it's no, the best I, one. I'm good. I, it is. It is the best one in my opinion. And moving on to Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Once again, um, continuing the tradition of dropping the gang in the middle of a mission or mystery. Came out '99. Uh, yeah, I, I had forgotten the year. Came out in 1999. A uh, new new Shaggy voice actor for this one day. I was talking Scott about that for Ennis a second. is now the voice actor in Zombies Island. It was Billy West, but he was too busy working on Futurama. Ah, yes, evidently. You so, know, a little, little uh, lesser known show there. Not, not where much. he voices like five characters. Yeah. So he's he's got he's got his work. Very good. I love there. Futurama. I've never seen it, but I've heard what? all the good things. It's about awesome. It. Heard all the good things about it. Um, but yeah, Scott Ennis, who had voiced Scooby in the first one, picks up the voice of Shaggy. Shaggy's voice has been through a lot of incarnation. Casey Kasem. Yeah. Billy West, Scott Ennis. Matthew Lillard, I think, did some animation. Matthew Lillard ones. did uh, the Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated TV show, which is apparently... Very good. Yeah, because in that, each episode actually connects, which yes, people no, really like, like That's a that. good show to watch now, yeah. like not even just as a kid's show. It's just genuinely just, good. Yeah, I would agree. Um, moving on to further things, Tim Curry as uh, Ravencroft. I think it's Ben Ravencroft, who is the yes. writer that Velma knows, who also is from Oak Haven, which is a hilariously northeastern named town that takes like the two things that every town in Massachusetts is named for, either a haven or an oak. It's very funny to me that they chose that. I really like the atmosphere of this one, just sort of the you know old, uh, like Williamsburg-esque type town. The people who went on the Williamsburg trip will know what I'm talking about there. Um, County time. What? You heard me. What did you say? Well, speaking of Tim Curry, I'll let you get back to your thing in a second. I said townie time. Oh, my gosh. You're being a townie. Well, our listeners are townies, so. It says who? I don't know. What if we got some listeners from Alaska or something? Hey, maybe we do. I hope we do. That'd be cool. But Tim Curry, gigantic Scooby-Doo fan, is what I've learned, and he accepted the role as Ben Ravencroft once he learned that Scrappy-Doo was not going to be in this movie because he hates Scrappy-Doo. As does every Scooby-Doo fan ever, even even James Gunn, who put Scrappy-Doo in the Scooby-Doo movie just to make him a villain. Uh, yeah, that that's hilarious. I did not know that. Tim Curry's excellent. This movie, again, I would say this movie's the best at keeping the mystery going because... Uh, and also, he was offered the role in the 2002 movie instead of... Uh, What's his name? The guy who plays Mr. Bean. I don't know. His oh, um, um, I'm blanking on his name. I know it. I know it, but I can't remember it. Well, Tim Curry was offered that role, but once he learned Scrappy Doo was in it, I think I mixed up my trivia there. I was ah, but he he really wanted. He was he he was a big Scooby Doo fan. Uh, he dropped out of the 2002 live action once he learned Scrappy Doo was in it. Which you know it would have been cool to see him in it because Tim Curry is quite the good villainous. Has a good villainous voice. Definitely, definitely. The, when, when I heard his voice, I was like, man, this guy's probably the bad guy. That's the only thing that gave it away. But this one is the most mysterious, I would say, because initially they're trying to solve the problem of a witch who claims to be the ghost of Sarah Ravencroft, Ravencroft, uh, Ben Ravencroft's ancestor. And 
In the process of solving it, they find out that it's just two people under mask. And you're thinking, wait a minute, is this going back to the formula? But then and that's how it was originally supposed to end. Well, yeah, I, I heard about that. That's how it's originally supposed to end until the person working on the music for this one was like, hey guys, maybe don't make it end like that because this is when the studio got more involved uh, with the films as they were got as the first one, Zombie Island, was very successful, and they wanted to get more involved in the films overall, and they wanted to lead that direction. Though I'm glad they didn't because. That really subverted my expectation, thinking, okay, what's going to happen next? I didn't even remember. It was like, is Sarah Ravencroft real, or is Ben Ravencroft really like an evil mastermind behind the whole plan? Turns out both. He's going after her, not medicine book, but spell book, to prove that her that she, though he claims to be a Witten, was actually a witch, and that's what the book shows, and then he like basically resurrects her out of the book, and then she traps him. It's very, very dark, by the way, again. I just really, I, I like that a lot. Also, the Hex Girls. This is, it's just, there's no way this could be the bad song because it's got the Hex Girls. The only song that compares to Terror Time again is I'm a Hex Girl because that song is so, so, I'm so I'm a good. Hex Girl, well, Davis, and I'm gonna put a spell on Davis, you. I'm just saying when you do Are You With That later this afternoon, be sure not to have your mic on when you're singing along. That's all I'm gonna say about that. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a good singer. I just know all the songs. No, I, I didn't say you I just gotta give people. The, I just gotta give people the, so they know, so they're like, oh, yeah, I know that song. And they yeah, can sing it so they, they, that's fair. That's we fair. can't play it. That's true. We I, we, maybe we could. Well, if it's, it's about critical. It. I, I was thinking about that for our next episode. We'll get to that in uh, in a in a few minutes. Do, 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 yeah, no, that's not at all what it sounds like. That's, that's what is that? From? Is that Stranger Things? No, it's not Stranger Things. No. Do, 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 do. Oh, uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. What? Stranger Things. You're so. Crazy. I'll play the Stranger Things one later, and you'll realize that I'm right. Anyway. On to Scooby-Doo and the Witch Goes. Davis, what are, what are your, some of your favorite things about this? Well, look, so this one is the one I watched least as a kid. So it doesn't Same, it doesn't really have much to stick out to me. I I mean, like, it's a fun plot. It has a good atmosphere, like you've already said. Tim Curry, obviously, is hamming it up, and he's doing awesome. Having fun. He's focused, having fun. Uh, this is the year? It, maybe it is the year. I don't know. Uh, I really don't have much to say about this one, because, like, I honestly feel like it's the weakest plot to me. Like, it's good, but it's not the most memorable. I disagree. I, I think Alien Invaders, and, and uh, but I, I'm going to be honest, I'm being biased because I, I watched this one least, and I have so, so much more of a connection to the other three because I watched them so much. I disagree. I don't think we owned this one when I was a kid, but I had seen it. I disagree somehow. just because I li- I really like the bait and switch that comes with it. That's why I disagree. I mean, I, I agree. I like that too. Love the Hex Girls. Obviously become a recurring character in... Scooby-Doo, they show up in The Legend of the Vampire, which comes out in 2003 after Cyber Chase. And they're kind of regulars. Also regulars in the Mystery Incorporated show. Really? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I also wrote down how they do the dog wear joke again. Love it just as much as the first yeah, time. Yeah, it's a good one. And these, shows, these movies are also funny. Don't they get are. me wrong. Yeah, they, are. They, they are. One of my this favorite one, jokes is in Alien Invaders. We'll get, I look forward we to hearing there. which one that is. Um, I, I think I might know. We'll see. I, I just like I like the mystery of this one. This one had me writing down multiple times, who is this and what are they doing type thing. Even the Hex Girls, which I've forgotten. And I, I just really like the twist at the end. I like the fact that also Ben, like, dies. Like, mm-hmm. again, very dark. I like that. The the cat women die, too. The zombies get them. Exact, no, they, no, they don't. They, they like, uh, evaporate. You're right. I'm sorry. They all, yeah, but they, I remember but they were all over him at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, at one point. And I was like, whoa, are they going to eat this dude? I wasn't sure. I was not sure. The zombies sure. were the good guys in the end. Considering the pirates slaughtered a whole... Well, the pirate wasn't, but the other zombies, like the tourists, that they were they were trying to warn them. Oh, uh, that's what they said, yes. 
See, they were the good guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. Even um, Moonscar was redeemed. Uh, really. I, I don't Not know. Really. I don't know if that's redeemable. The exposition still at the beginning is very brutal, but that's what the movie does. It's it's a short movie. It's trying to explain a lot of stuff. But any any other the, again, I think Zombie Island and. This one just does. There's not as much to talk about as because it doesn't. It, it kind of goes back to a sort of formula a bit more and sort of leans into that. The songs are really good. I really like the songs. I really like the think you solve it and then I really went down and checked the time and said, "Is the movie over? Did they solve it?" I like I like the double double solve essentially. Any other big uh, thoughts on this one, Davis? You did say you watched the least though. What what was one of your lasting memories? Okay, I was about to ask you that. But ah, I have two. Obviously, the Hex two. Girls. Yep. You remember the Hex Girls? Yep. And I vividly remember the joke where the giant turkey's chasing them, and then they show up with the turkey base. And they go, "You got the like Scoob, you got the stuffing." That oh my gosh, the, I one of my favorite things from these movies, and that's Which is very thing, funny. It's very is funny them joke. like dressing up as different yes. and just playing. That's so funny to me. Which is also how Cyber Chase opens. Ah, yes, it up. does. It does. We're not going to start with we'll, that. We'll get we'll get to that uh, soon enough, I'm sure. But I really, uh, yeah, that was hilarious. I I remember nothing but the Hex Girls to be honest. I didn't remember anything else. I don't know why. I think this one was the one I watched the least. Interesting. Because I remember Alien Invader stuff significantly by comparison. One thing is also funny is like as a kid, I just remember everything being so much more intense. Like, did you, do you get that? Like, specifically with Alien Invaders, which again we'll get to, but I just remember them being a lot more serious and intense than, except for Zombie Island, which was that serious and that intense the whole time it seemed. But this one's good. I, I really would say. For the Hex Girls, just watch it, man, because the Hex Girls, I mean, the music is so good. It's so good. Who's your favorite Hex Girl? <sighs> Got to go with Lead Seer on this one. She's a Wiccan, after Name's all. Name's Thorn. Thorn, so yes. Know. She's a Wiccan, after all. Got to go. Plus, she has significance to the plot. I like that. Any final thoughts, Davis, on Witch's Ghost? Again, I know it's a shorter one, but these movies are also each only an hour long. Uh, Tim Curry kills it. Uh, it's a good plot. Yeah, nice, nice, nice bait and switch there. Yeah, I, I just, I really enjoy. I really was surprised by that because I'd forgotten that, and I was like, "This is, this is using animations." Also, uh, once, once again, very good. Yep, absolutely. I think this one maybe has no, 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 no. I'm gonna hold that back. I think Alien Invaders has the best scenery, mm, best, mm. best art. I would agree. I would agree. This one certainly has a unique one. The yes. old sort of, you know, old colonial uh, towns. And deliberately building back to the colonial era to like give that aesthetic even further, and I liked how um, they told Sarah Ravencroft that humanity is like changed forever. And she looks around, and she says, "It's all, it's all the same," because it like technically was all that she saw, which I just thought that was convenient, interesting. But yeah, this is a good movie. Really fits with the whole um, the entire sort of genre itself. I really did enjoy it, and yeah. Moving on to Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. Davis, why don't you take the lead on this one a bit? So this one, as a kid, was the one I definitely watched the most besides Cyber Chase. Cyber Chase. And this one I have the most fond memories of. Uh, great voice cast again. Scott Ennis is, does good as both Scooby and Shaggy. Frank Welker's there. Uh, Mark Hamill's even in. He plays three characters. Really? I didn't know that. He plays uh, Steve, I think. Yeah, Steve, the guy that wears the bowling shirt. And then he also plays like the two FBI agents at the end that are Seriously? like when they're locking them up. Like I was like, I, it doesn't give him a voice like credit. Like when you're watching Amazon, you can like move the mouse and it'll tell you who's who on screen. But like it's you can tell it's Mark Hamill. Like it's not like it's pretty obvious. I'm sure he was just like, oh, I can do the voices for him. That's funny. Yeah, uh, this movie's great. I think. I mean, like you can. There's obviously more criticisms to it. It throws you like right in. It really doesn't give any setup. 
uh, has like a weaker connection to why they're there just because they saw a UFO and they crashed their car and now they're solving this solving this mystery. They've heard aliens. I don't mind that, but it really throws you right. There's like no much, there's not really any setup. It literally opens to Scooby and Shaggy driving. Yeah. I, I wrote that down too. It was very different than the first two and much and much like I would say e- even different to Cyber Chase as I would say. Um, this one's definitely the definitely as in the most unique in terms of opening, but I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. It, it, it again, this movie, these movies react to the original formulaic era by not being formulaic in any way. Go on, Davis. Uh, this one also has, I think, the best art. By the way, I meant to show you earlier. I'm Whoa, wearing some the Scooby, Scooby and Shaggy socks Scooby right now. Scooby and Shaggy socks. I need to get myself a pair of the Scooby and Shaggy apparel. I'm gonna do that soon. Don't worry. Uh, I think this one has my favorite music. Uh, there's like the alien song when they're running through the cave. For some reason, I can't cannot pull how it goes, but oh, I wait, know I wait, like it. I, I, uh, aliens are here. I know, but like. I can't remember how it goes. Mm. Like we'll, the, we'll play it after the show so you can, you can remember. How about okay. that? Uh, but my favorite song of them all... Oh, like of all four movies? Of, yes. Really? Is the Groovy song. where he, The love song he sings about... I, the I, fact I, that I'm that not saying it's the good. best one. No, it's, It is good. It's just... I don't know. It's just so, it makes it's me hilarious. so happy. It's so wholesome. It's so good. It, Shaggy's uh, in love with the girl he met after he gets kidnapped by the aliens, abducted by the aliens. That is what I wrote down. I said, why the heck is this song that good? It should not be, and it was. I love it. I love I it. I met by chance a girl in bell-bottom pants, and she likes to So many to rhymes. Say, so many rhymes. Uh, oh, groovy. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I could sing the whole thing. Oh, I do have the no. lyrics pulled up just to help me. Of but course But I do you know do. them. Yeah, but I... This one was really good song choices. Really good again. I like that one. The fact that there's actual romance and emotions. I mean, uh, you don't really get to see Scooby and Shaggy have a purpose. I mean, like, that's kind of, that sounds mean, I guess, but like, usually they're just, they're just doing their thing. They're having fun, being goofy. But like this time they have love interests and they're, and they're being courageous to impress them and to protect them, which you don't see as often with Scooby and Shaggy. Not at all, really. Not at all. They put aside their cowardice to try to protect them. And yeah. I think it's funny to see how cocky uh, they get once they think that they have protected oh, them. Oh, yeah, the when fake the, the, MPs. Kar- the karate thing, that was hilarious, yeah. the fake MPs. Also, Crystal, what was the dog's name? Uh, Oh, my goodness. Because I was remembering. Crystal I, is the, no, it's not. No, Crystal's the I know, girl. I know, I know, I know. With the bell-bottom pants, who likes and to say, groovy. groovy. Wow. Unbelievable. But, yeah, that. That song, the fact that it Amber. actually is like Amber, uh, Crystal and Amber. Again, this one subverted my expectations because, okay, literally I'm watching the movie, right? And this is going to answer your question before you even ask it. And I see Crystal and Amber and I'm like, wait a minute. I remember something about it because I didn't remember anything else about this movie. I remembered them and I was like, wait a minute. what? And then in the back of my mind, I was visualizing Amber's alien form. And I was like, how do, that, how do those two relate? And then I'm the whole time I'm thinking they're the aliens in green because I knew they were aliens. Like that much is clear, especially how she talks exactly like Shaggy. It's like they've committed some sort of study on them. But then that one also a very self-aware joke made later. We'll get to that in a second, I'm sure. But I just really was thinking, oh, they've got to be the green aliens. And then it tricks me again with the satellite people because I was like, how do the satellite people fix in? But turns out they're the aliens. They're the fake aliens. There, yeah, there really is no mystery on who it is because once you meet the satellite people, which is like halfway through the movie, 
they have mud on their feet and they're buying all the oil. It's pretty and evident who it the is. The female in the group says, "Where's the, where's your friend and his dog?" And they didn't even know exactly. him yet. Exactly. I wrote that. I was like, That's "Wait like a scream. minute." Yes. Exactly. Yes. Speaking of Scream, oh. there's someone that plays Shaggy that's in that one, I believe. Yes, maybe Matthew Lillard, possibly? Maybe, mm, sort of. Maybe. Mm. Also, I've heard a theory that Matthew Lillard's character is still alive and maybe appearing in Scream 5. He gets a TV dropped on his head. Matthew Lillard himself tweeted out, it was just a TV. He might be still alive. He did not. And also, there's a deleted scene from Scream 2, Scream 2 apparently, where you see him in the background. No. Uh oh. Just saying. Next week's podcast revisits Scream again. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I, I I would definitely agree with. So here's uh, the thing, with oh. with Alien Invaders. I'm just gonna say this. Uh, also have a few. I'll say a few more things to say about. Go it. ahead. Go ahead. If Zombie Island wasn't so objectively the best, this would be my. I'd say this was my mm. number one because I I I have so many fond memories about it. I remember, I basically remember every plot point, every scene really just stuck, remembered, stuck in my head when I was rewatching it. Uh, people say it's the weakest, which I, I, I mean, like, I, I can, I'm open to the criticisms for it. I'm not going to disagree, but I just really have the most nostalgic love for this one. The groovy song's awesome. It makes me so happy. And really, the bromance between them, like, a tear was almost shed. The the fact that Not the really, romance like, is convincing like is, it like it, it makes you emotional. It's actually emotional and convincing, which is I wrote down I was like, why? Why is this happening? And to me? and my favorite joke of the four is when Fred breaks down crying. Fred is hilarious in the Yeah, Fred's really funny. In this one he's he's really snarky. In the in Cyber Chase he also does the he goes like thingy? That's the best thing you can come up with when Daphne says like, Get away, you thingy. Thingy. Thingy? And this really? one and then when the <laughs> When the other when Amber talks, he's like, "Imagine that." It, he's just he has a lot of funny and it, bits. And in Witch's ghost, when Daphne's like, "Why do we always spread up Fred?" and she's like, "Well, I think it's about that time." And she like closes her eyes, and then they get interrupted. And I'm like, "No, no." Anyway, this yeah, the romance it's convincing. Why is it convincing? The one thing I didn't like about this movie is I didn't like any of the parts with the old guy. To be honest. I don't mind Lester. I, 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 I remember, I remember vividly his house and like mm. when he shows the paintings, which the paintings also look really good yeah. in the art style. Very v- Van Gogh inspired. I was gonna say that. Well, too bad I went to the Van Gogh experience thing in uh, Atlanta, so I'm an expert in all cool. things Van Gogh now. Actually, we're it's talking great. about Van Gogh in my Spanish class. Really? Today. We're, t- yeah. we're talking about art. He's a very, very talented man. Uh, I wrote down a, Van Eyck and Van Gogh as my favorite artist for my Spanish thing. Solid choices. Solid. And, choices. Yeah. I, and then I remember Vermeer. I did think it was funny that they were all clearly inspired, though, by Van Gogh. I was like, huh, that looks like Starry Night with a spaceship on it. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Why is that? Hmm. I did like the, I have pictures, and then the FBI agents fell for it again. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Not that. But I remembered them turning into aliens. Uh, Amber and... Crystal. Crystal. But I, I remember it being so much more intense and stressful, but it was still stressful. I just I like this movie as well. It really was good. I, it was another mystery. Mm-hmm. Another word. Actually, you don't know what's going to happen in full. I mean, you know, you've got suspects, but you don't know how they all figure in. Because initially, you're thinking, okay, because of this movie, there has to be real aliens somewhere. Because that's what the first two movies have followed. They followed the well, it's actual ghosts now. Because that's what Daphne addressed in the first five minutes of Zombie Island. The fact that they got bored, and you're thinking it's got to be one. So, but then how do the um how do these satellite people figure in then? And I really liked how it sort of, 
does the oh there they are but then wait a minute what about, I honestly forgot about Crystal and Amber and I'm like wait a minute they're still here they're still here and then they turn down it's like oh my gosh yeah I just is good any other further notes Davis uh yeah that's really it for this one this one I I, I can't stress enough how much I really love this one sticks out of my brain a lot. And speaking of uh, the supernatural elements, Warner Brothers was in the was in the works of buying Hanna Barbera during this mm. time when this one came out. And once Cyber Chase, Cyber Chase really isn't supernatural either. It not has a culprit that they catch. Warner Brothers did not want to do actual supernatural villains once they bought it, and that was and b- this one was basically the last one with actual mon- monsters, quote unquote, until Goblin King in two thousand eight. Wow, I remember watching that one. I did not know that. That's that. That is odd. That's an odd, especially because these movies I feel are so successful, and Zombie Island is so like universally loved. It seems that's a very odd uh, strategy. Also, what is your favorite joke? You said it's from this. One. It was those Fred crying. Oh, I just think it's hilarious. I, I thought my favorite joke was um when they get captured by the aliens and the aliens are gonna say you need to wait for a physical examination and Shag is like I'm sorry our health plan doesn't cover physical. That, that made that me was, laugh way too much. That's a good. They're funny. These movies are funny. I did not. That that is a joke no child should understand. But that was hilarious to me because they're just like there's like. Like it's funny because they're freaking out, but they're also like, "We're not taking this aliens nonsense. We're just going to treat making, them like they made. A, they made a movie where the parents can enjoy it too. Exactly. Good, yes. good few Absolutely. topical jokes. Absolutely. That one, and additionally, where they're like, "Sorry, ladies, this is man's work," and then they step up and, and puff out their chest and do the karate and stuff. That was hilarious. It's just, it was funny. A lot funnier than I remembered. A lot funnier than I remembered. I re- yeah, and I I would agree. The set is really like the setting, at least, is really the painting beautiful. Yeah, the paint. Yes, exactly. The exactly. Art very good. You see the and nice very sky. creative how the how the scientists faked all the spaceship stuff. Very creative. I really thought that was a ge- that was genius. Well, it wasn't just well, we just did it. It's like oh, there's an actual very creative uh, technique by them and sh- strategy from them. Any fi- any final thoughts before we move on to the final? Movie? Uh, no. Let's go on to Cyber Chase. All right, Dave, take it away. So, Cyber Chase came out in two thousand one, I think. Yeah, October 9, two thousand one. This was the last one of the four, and then there was a two year break until Legend of the Vampire came out, which I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh no, I've hundred percent seen that one. Yes, I I remember this cover vividly. Yeah, I've seen this one, but uh, Cyber Chase, I think. Everybody, this is the most, when I was talking to everybody that remember these movies, this is their favorite. And I, I mean, I can probably predict why. It was the most, this is the like cleanest looking one. It was the first one that was digitally colored. I'm not ah. as big of a fan. You can, it, when you watch it, it's much easier to tell like the difference between this and the other three, which are much more traditionally animated. And this fourth one looks a lot more like clean, I guess, like really clean cut. It, it it's hard to explain, but once you see it, you know. This one yeah. also has a Blu-ray release because of that. It, it, really? it looks pretty sleek. I'll admit, I'm just not as big of a fan of the art. It's still it, it's animated well and all that. Don't get me wrong, though. I thought it always looked really sleek, and I always liked that. I also liked how it sort of functions as a bit of a send-off for this four-movie series. That's that's more towards the end, but the fact that they're playing a game of themselves in their older forms as yes. well. I, I like that. I will say though. It felt like Dora, to be honest. It felt the most like Dora the Explorer, where it's, which is the Explorer, but I always thought it was the Explorer because it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? I guess, yeah. 
Dora, 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 the explorer. It makes sense. Anyway. Oh, um, okay. I always, this one is very much like it, and I'd forgotten that it was like that, to be honest. And watching it again, you know, I'm thinking, oh, man, who creates it again? I can't remember. And then he says, let's see. I, I Welcome wrote it to down. the big leagues. No, he, uh, let's Batter up. You're out. That's a strike. And he's in the batting cage. I mean, like it spells it out for you pretty easily. But as a kid that didn't know a lot of baseball lingo, the first time I saw it, I was like, no way. But also, when you see the person hit the button, you can tell they're wearing a coat, so it limits it down to the three scientists right there. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I, I just, oh, my gosh, it was just, yeah, he said, let's play ball and all these other ones. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, why on is it so obvious? That, 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 un- that really annoyed me. Though I did, one of my other favorite jokes is where they're about to split up, and then Fred like pretend like he's like, "All right, guys, let's split up." Shaggy you and Shaggy's like, "No, no, no, I get it. We're gonna go." He's like, "What?" He's like, "Do we really do it any other way, Fred?" And he just walks over like, "Oh my gosh, Shaggy out here just going this one for has blood." All snarky humor. Yes, I and I like that actually. A sarcasm. Scooby's mocking the the guard at one point. Yeah, and then, and then you mentioned uh, the Daphne. Get away, you creepy thingy! And then thingy? Fred's like, "Really? Uh, that that was that was a take good part. that thingy!" Oh yeah, t- yeah. Let's play ball, thingy! Whoa! But it felt the most like Dora, especially with the wrap up where they say, first we know the villain said, "Let's play ball," and I was like, "What is this?" Then we noticed that there was a bit of a baseball diamond at the Coliseum, and I was like, "Why? Why is this happening? Why, why not? Why? Why?" why? It was the most, and, and Velma traditionally gets her wrap-up moments where she says, this, this, and this I noticed, which is fine, but this was like way too obvious to then therefore do a wrap-up for. I just like that. Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like Velma put clues together. It was very obvious thing that the audience understood that they throw at your face. So that's what I disliked about it, personally. That's where I, I didn't remember it like that, because this is the one I watched the most as a kid. This was my favorite growing up, because I really liked the different levels. I liked... I also had a video game... With it, when you watched the DVD, it had the trailer for the video game. I did not remember playing the video game. I didn't. I didn't have it. I didn't play it. I'm kind of tempted either. to buy it and try it out. It seems fun. If it's anything like this, I would say it. Oh. It, it has to be. Also, how about Fred doing a uh like a bull uh, matador thing, but with a purple jacket and it's a lion? Yeah, because he says he says Toro, and then he goes, and then he corrects Leo! it. Leo, that was pretty funny. That, that was Good funny joke. as well. I I agree. Any other other big thoughts on this movie, Davis? I just think really this is like it has the best set pieces. I guess you say the four levels that they play in is cool, but then it shows other levels that they go through that look like they could be even cooler, which I'm cool with. It's a montage. You obviously can't show every level be too long if you're trying to get an hour 15 around that area. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like besides that, and obviously the final carnival area where they meet their sentient, let me mind you. This guy, this this person created sentient, sentient AI. video game characters. Yeah. These these are fully functioning artificial intelligence. I mean, obviously, like that part, you see some old villains, Jaguaro. Uh, yeah, that was great. Iron Mask. One thing, I, one thing I disliked was that it was all it was it was it was supposed to be all their old villains, but they were not in their faked forms. They were in their you know they were legit monsters. Mm-hmm. And then I, old Iron Face is just a dude with an iron mask. I'm like that. It's just a dude. Like Iron got, Mask is the one that always wrote on the sharks. I, I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I, I know why. But I was like, come on, man! It was old Iron Face is what they is what they call him. But I was like, man, 
even Jaguaro, which what is Jaguaro a combination of anyway? I don't remember that episode, so I really couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. But the one that scared me the most was uh, Tar Monster. Tar Monster was creepy, and he's also creepy in Monsters Unleashed when he's like choking them out. That 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 scene always freaks me out. Even when I watch it today, I'm not a fan of that nonsense. It gets too scary. I don't know about that one. This movie just, I, I, I remembered it being better. To be honest, I remember the That's the individual levels, the glasses, the the individual levels being a lot uh better. To be honest, I remember. Oh my gosh, you know what my bit most the vivid Panther memory? Panther and ape hybrid. My what? Panther and ape hybrid for Jaguaro. Interesting. I don't know where the O comes in at the end of Jaguaro. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, why not do like that's from the epi- Jaguarilla from or something? I don't know something that that dude, that's a bad one. Um. I remember it just being a lot more compelling, though I did remember Officer Wembley, for whatever reason, very vividly. I remember me and my brother thinking the Scooby impersonating him and mocking him behind his back was the funniest thing ever. I don't know why we thought that was so funny. Cause, I mean, it is funny, but like we thought it was hilarious. We also mocked him when we walked around our house. It was strange memories with this movie. Um, I'm just looking at the list of uh, of stuff. How how's this for a heavy hitter? Um, I, I didn't remember that one. Um, also this was a this was a quote uh from Megan who I watched the movie with after seeing Daphne and Fred and Velma split up. Megan said, "quote Kind of sad for Velma. She's always got a third wheel for him," which I think is fair. Do do you disagree, Davis? No, I just thought I just laughed. Thought it was funny. Mm, I didn't hear an audible laugh. Um. Also, how about the line where there's a will, there's a, and then woolly mammoths. I, I just thought, I remember thinking that one was really funny when I was a kid as well. Anything else? Oh, oh. I remember this stood out to me because it it, it ties, not tie into, but it sort of relates to the live action movie. Is Daphne taking control when she fights the samurai in like level six? I'm like, wait a minute. She's done the, this is the line that she says in the movie. She's become a lethal weapon or whatever. Or dangerous weapon is the line she says in the movie. I thought that was great because again, I really like how all four of these movies have made Daphne a non damsel in distress. What are you doing? I'm doing some research on Scooby Doo games over here. I just had to look oh, it up real Lord. quick. Got to do the research always. Which I wish I wish you were as big a fan as me, so we could talk about some of those games because mm-hmm. they were electric. I must admit, not not re- I, I I was a huge fan of the original show. Uh, where Scooby Doo, where are you? Also, what's new Scooby Doo? Watched all the time. I watched what's new Scooby Doo. I can probably not. I've probably seen all the episodes. It was not my biggest of like. I was really. I I don't. I mean, uh, growing up, I immediately was watching SpongeBob and Courage the Cowardly Dog and all. Well, that. I wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob. Okay, so my mom I was annoying. When, when did you? When were you allowed to watch it? What do you mean? Like, was there ever an age when you were like finally allowed to watch? She just, it? it wasn't like a. She thought it was inappropriate. Or well, she like, kind of did, but she like, thought it was so annoying. When, have you not seen it? I've watched most of SpongeBob episodes. I just did anyway. Sorry, oh, mom. Oh, whoa! But like, I can't quote them as much as everybody else because I didn't watch them nonstop. Like, I've seen the big ones. I've seen the where Squidward tries to eat the Krabby, Krabby Patty or whatever. He's like, I need a Krabby Patty in the middle of the night or whatever. But like, I can't quote them, and I can't be like. Oh, this joke's from that episode because I didn't watch it. Okay, well that was that was what I was watching. So clearly that that explains, I was watching Scooby Doo. Yeah, that expl- that explains our difference. Also, um, getting to the cyber, uh, when they get to the final level, you're in the major leagues now. Ugh, really. 
I like the meeting of the the meeting of the characters moment of the cyber versus the real versions is great. I like the distortion in their voices. It sounds like they're like underwater that they're digital. That was really cool. I like how different they look. I also like how this basically says a uh, look at how much we've updated the animation because man, like the blank eyes on these characters was creepy. I'm just saying. Like complete. Like did you notice? Yes. It was weird. And he, but uh, what are, what are some of your thoughts on this movie, Davis? Um, yeah, I mean, overall, obviously, I watched this one just probably just as much as Alien Invaders. But looking back, like, obviously, you like it because you were a kid. Electronic stuff was cool because this was kind of like the beginning of the age of electronic takeover. I guess you say, like, internet takeovers when it really, like, obviously, it started in the 90s, but like around early 2000s when it really caught on. And we grew up in that. And we got phones when we were kids and all that. So seeing that was cool. Seeing, like, like cool video game stuff because I know you played video games as a kid. I did too. One of the first video games I played was Halo. Just fun fact about me. So Halo has a special place in my heart. Halo, likewise. Halo Combat Evolved. Mm. Pillar of Autumn's the first mission. I always, always got stuck in the vents when you're trying to get out. Mm. I always got somehow. stuck. Our, ours was we got stuck at where you have to crouch below the broken door. We didn't know what the what? Cr- we didn't know what the crouch like button 10 was. In. We didn't know what the crouch button was, and then my friend Graf came over and he crouched. Well, it was you clicked the right stick. Yeah, right? we didn't know it was that button. We didn't know it was a button. It's embarrassing. Oh my god, I was four. Four. My yeah, it goodness. came. It came out in like two thousand and one. I, I didn't have. I got it after my dad. Yeah, came. make no mistake about it. We were, we were playing. We were playing Halo when I was like four and five. I don't think I was playing games when I was that young. We were. I got into it a little. Bit I got. Later. I got. I mean, I got. We. I got Madden Five on the on the GameCube when I was six years old. Hey, hey, you win this one. Yeah. What can I say? I do. I do. Um. Anyway, go on. But I think probably this one's the weakest plot. Of them, I know I said that about Witch's Ghost, but I'm going to revise my statement. This is the weakest plot, but it has the most fun set pieces. I would agree, definitely the most fun. And I'm gonna. Do you want to jump right into the rankings? Do you have any final thoughts on this one? Before uh, we go ahead? yeah, we can rank them. I'll say th- I'm gonna upset my brother with this one. We're, I don't no even least start favorite, the worst. Favorite. Yeah. I'm gonna upset Jackson with this one and say that Cyber Chase is my least favorite of these th- of the four. I watched him again. It's just. The villain is also not as good because he gets beaten in every single level. And at the 10th level, they're like, oh, it's so difficult. And it's not that difficult. I, like, I didn't think it was that bad. I did like the team up with uh, all the cyber versions teaming up with the regular ones. But this is still my weakest one of the four. Because they mine's Witch's Ghost. Mm, just because, really? I don't know, it just kind of is. I mean, you could probably have Cyber Chase in that tide for me. It. I mean, like when I was watching it, I was also kind of working on something at the same time. So I wasn't. I can't be doing that. I mean, I was trying not to, but. I had to get something done, fair, so I, fair. I couldn't 100% be with it. I'll say I'll say tied for fourth, Cyber Chase and Witches Ghost. That's fair. That's but I fair. still like them all. Yeah, I, I, I as, do, as do I. As do I. Um, I'm gonna say third for me then because you have a tie, so there's no no third for you. Witches Ghost is my third too. I think it just it, it it is a little boring. Not to mention Ravencroft is kind of telegraphed as the bad guy, sort of. Because like you re- then again, I do like the woven in the history. It's tied with Alien Invaders for me as. Second, second, third. I really enjoy a lot of different aspects of those because I just really liked the way I liked Alien Invaders music, its atmosphere, the fact that there was romance and some emotion with it. And which is Ghost, I like the Hex Girls. I like the double twist, the bait and switch. It does a lot better than Alien Invaders does. I like the atmosphere as well of the of the town, which means your second Davis is Alien Invaders. Ah, okay. Well, what 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 does it for you? I said it earlier. If which is or if Zombie Island wasn't definitively the best one, 
this would probably be my favorite. Um, but yeah, uh, just such fond memories with it. So many things I remember and loved about it. But I can't, in good conscience, put it over the best of the bunch, Zombie Island, which is my number one, and I know it's yours as well because you already said it. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to spoil our eventual ranking, but Zombie Island's got to be the top. It's the scariest. It might be the funniest. It's the best about being aware of its new era. It does so many things right and not a lot wrong, to be honest. Exposition is the only point that I had even a critique on. Everything else is perfect. You really don't know who the bad guys are until you, until they're revealed. Even though the sort of, oh, she's walked away, she wasn't dragged, that kind of gives it away, but you still don't know. And then the, the voodoo doll is just very creative and different. But yeah, that's that is us talking about the four Scooby Doo movies from the early the late nineties and the early two thousands. Davis, any final thoughts on the series as a whole? Uh great comeback for um Scooby Doo. Really revitalized the love for it. Uh great movies. Think about checking them out if you're interested. And I will say that these are probably my favorite Scooby Doo movies, these four. And I've Interesting. seen most of them. It, that includes the live action ones. That includes the WrestleMania one too. Oh gosh, that one I'm was not good. Seen, I'm glad I haven't seen that one. It's weird. John Cena, John Cena's in it. So is the Undertaker, and Kane. Is that the guy who wears the red mask? Yes, that is Kane. It. That makes sense. They're the supernatural ones, and then John Cena is John Cena. He sells tickets. That makes sense. It was fun. I I really like these as well. I think it did a great job to revitalize the franchise and a great job updating the characters. I like. I know the iconic looks are the iconic looks, but I like the updated versions. I like. Daphne finally not being a damsel in distress character and the fact that the show acknowledges that she was and fixes that. I think that's a great thing just for the overall how to watch the show. It's just a lot easier when one of the characters isn't totally a cardboard cutout. Love the music. Um, love just everything about it and the updates to the music. Soundtracks are amazing. Really great uh, set of movies that are just fun and enjoyable. They aren't going to, you know... They aren't going to break any records. They aren't going to be all-time greats. They're never going to make my top 10 list. They probably won't make my top 50 list, to be honest. But they're fun movies, and they're enjoyable. And for and they're short, and a good, a good fun time with them, I would say. But nothing else. With, with that being done, I think it's time to talk a bit a bit about next week's episode to wrap up Spooky, or not Spooky, I keep calling it that, Scary Movie Season, I apologize. We'll be talking about director John Carpenter's two very iconic films, Halloween and The Thing. I'm very excited to discuss both those movies. I have not seen The Thing in a long time, and I've never seen Halloween, actually. Interesting. I, I really look forward to getting a chance to watch these movies and talk about them. And again, if you have any movies you'd like us to review, not just in October, but any month or any day of the year, just uh, you can email us. Our emails are listed on the uh, show description on Spotify, and you can follow us at Through the Lens Weagle on Instagram and leave a comment on whatever movies you'd like us to watch and review. But again, that'll do it for this episode of Through the Lens as we discuss the four 90s and early 2000s animated Scooby-Doo movies that served as a revitalization of the franchise. We thank you all for listening to us as we talked about these four movies, and we hope you will join us next week as we discuss John Carpenter's The Thing and Halloween. Once again, you can follow us along for any movie updates on Through the Lens Weagle. That is Through the Lens Weagle on Instagram, and we will see you next time. 